Hello, and welcome to Thought for the Day, the radio ministry of Trinity Christian Center. My name is Dr. Richard Getza, and I'm a lecturer in theology at TCA College in Singapore. I'm excited to be with you once again today to share with you from God's Word and bring a thought for the day. This week, we have been exploring the theme of freedom through life in Christ from Paul's letter to the Colossian Church in chapter 2. We've seen how we need to continue to be rooted and built up in Christ, how we need to watch out for hollow and deceptive philosophy based on principles of this world, lest it take us captive, and how Jesus is literally the embodiment of the fullness of deity. All of these together lay a foundation for our freedom. Today, we're going to build upon this foundation with a key statement from chapter 2, verse 10. So grab your Bibles and return to the book of Colossians as we listen to this song.
Yesterday, we looked at Paul's statement in verse 9 of chapter 2 that the fullness of deity lives in bodily form in the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, as we saw from the Nicene Creed, Jesus is light of light, true God of true God. Jesus isn't just partly God, and God didn't just incarnate part of himself and his nature into the person of Jesus. He put his full self, his full nature, into Jesus. Still, someone could acknowledge that and yet respond with a, so what? What does Jesus being the fullness of God have to do with me? Well, it actually has two very important implications. First, Jesus being fully God qualifies Jesus to die in our place, to sacrifice his life for ours on the cross before God. You see, because God is a perfect God and we are imperfect, sinful humanity, we could never present a sacrifice or offering pure enough or holy enough to pay for our sin and offense before God. The sacrifice had to be holy and pure, without blemish or defect. Because of our sin and sin nature, no humans qualify. But Jesus, being true God of true God, did qualify. So Jesus was qualified to pay the price. He paid a price that only God could pay. This is an important difference between Christianity and every other religion in the entire world. All other religions teach that at some level, we are responsible ourselves for paying our debt or earning our own salvation through good works or good deeds or rituals or our own sacrifices. Only Christianity teaches that the price is too high and we can't pay it ourselves and we need God to pay it for us. That's called grace and it makes Christianity unique among all the world's religions. The second implication of Jesus being fully God is what we want to focus on for the remainder of our time today and which Paul declares in verse 10 of chapter 2. Let me read it for you beginning with verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. Paul declares that because Christ is the fullness of deity, you have been given fullness in Christ. Fullness begets fullness. God's fullness in Christ leads to Christ's fullness in us. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul eloquently explains this same idea. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What a powerful declaration. What an incredible promise that Jesus Christ through his spirit would live in us and through us by faith because of his great love for us and his sacrifice on our behalf. So not only is the fullness of God in the person of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christ follower, you have the fullness of Christ in you. Think of the, this idea of fullness like being flooded. During the rainy season, our streets and even our homes can become flooded or inundated, saturated even. Well, in a similar fashion, having fullness in Christ is like being flooded or saturated with Christ, flooded with the presence of God. What does this mean, that we now have fullness in Christ? It means that we are forgiven for our sins and now have power to resist temptation and sin. It means we can now express love, grace, and mercy to those who are hard to love and may not deserve it. It means we now have purpose and meaning for our lives because we serve the living God and are called to glorify Him. It means we don't have to run around to try and find that meaning for our lives by making it up ourselves, as postmodernism tells us. It means we are truly free and our lives are valuable. Our lives have meaning simply because God loves us and we are called to serve him because the fullness of Christ is in us. Paul also includes a curious phrase at the end of verse 10 where he says that we've been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. 
Paul also refers to these powers and authorities in chapter 2, verse 15, as well as in the book of Ephesians. Now, whether these powers are political, economic, cultural, or philosophical, the main point here is that Christ, due to his being the fullness of God, is head over every one. This doesn't mean that Christ is leading or directing all the political, economic, cultural, and philosophical structures. It means Christ is superior to them in complete authority over them. No idea, no power structure, no political, economic, or cultural system, no person, no entity of any kind has authority or jurisdiction over Jesus Christ. And since we have been given fullness in Christ, these same political, economic, cultural, and philosophic power structures should not dominate or control us either, but only Christ in us. That does not mean all these power structures are bad or wrong, although some can be. What it does mean is that even while participating in them, our ultimate allegiance is to Jesus Christ, not to any political party, not to any economic system, not to any cultural institution, and not to any philosophic idea. Our submission is to Christ alone as our head, our ultimate power and authority. As we will examine in greater detail tomorrow, it is this fullness of Christ in us which sets us free. For if we are not living out the reality of Christ's fullness in us, then we are by definition following some earthly power or authority, some political, economic, cultural, or philosophic structure or authority, and trying to find our identity, meaning, and purpose there. Maybe we think that by being part of a political party or movement, we will find our purpose. Or by succeeding in our business and making lots of money, we'll discover meaning in life. Or by becoming a famous TV or movie star or singer, we'll finally find our identity. As important as many of these things are, none of them will ultimately satisfy us. None of them will provide us with ultimate meaning, purpose, and identity which we long for. Only Christ can. Only the fullness of Christ in us can give us that meaning and identity. Friends, if you don't have the fullness of Christ in you because you have never chosen to trust and follow Jesus Christ, I encourage you to make that decision today. And if you are a Christian but are not experiencing the freedom or purpose which you desire and which God desires for you, I encourage you to embrace the truth that the fullness of Christ lives in you, and that is why you can have meaning, purpose, and the power to live a life of true freedom over doubt, over fear, over anxiety, hopelessness, anger, and depression. When we learn to embrace the fullness of Christ in us, doubts shrink, fears fade, anxieties dissolve, and hopelessness turns into hope, anger into peace, and depression into joy. If you desire more of this kind of freedom, it is available to you as you embrace the fullness of Christ in you. And I'll be back with a final word and closing prayer after we listen to this song. So faithful, so constant, so loving and so true, so powerful in all you do, you feel.
In our closing prayer for today, I would like to pray for those who have never trusted Christ before and for those who have trusted Christ but have not embraced the fullness of Christ living in them. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I lift up to you today those members of our listening audience who have never yet placed their complete trust in you. You may have been calling them for some time now, but until now they have resisted or found excuses not to believe, but no longer. Today I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would break through their resistance and bring a conviction of sin even as you hold out a promise of forgiveness and restoration. Forgive their sins, heal their hurts, bind up their wounds, give them strength, and may they come to understand and glory in the fullness of your presence in them. And Jesus, for those who have trusted in you in the past but have not been living in the reality of your fullness within them, I pray you would saturate them with your presence, with your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help them to know and experience your power, your truth, and your love. Help them to know and experience the life of true freedom which only you can provide. I lift them up to you now, and I pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Well, we have one remaining message in this series on freedom through life in Christ on tomorrow's program when we tackle the issue of how this fullness of Christ in us sets us free from the shackles of sin. I hope you'll join us for this important final message, and I look forward to having you with us then. Until then, goodbye and God bless. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Thought for the Day is brought to you by Trinity Christian Center Singapore. This program comes on every weekday at 7.40 in the morning and again at 10.30 in the evening. If you've been blessed by our program, we'd love to hear from you. Do call us at 6468-4444 or email us at admin at trinity.sg. For more information on our services, events, and seminars, do visit our website at www.trinity.sg. On behalf of Trinity Christian Center, may God's presence, peace, and power be real to you today and every day. God bless.